0: COVID-19 originated in animals sold in a so-called wet market in China.
1: All for
0: man, for
1: mankind. Oh, man. Welcome here. Episode number 26 of the Conspiracy Conversation. I cannot believe that many have gone by. This was just an idea. You know, we would run into topics. We do our nightly show, the Flavor Conservative Show. We have the, the prophetic report that comes out on Wednesdays. But there's always these topics. I'm like... Ah, oh, that's super interesting. It doesn't really fit into our nightly format where you're doing 12, 15, 20-minute segments or you know, those kind of things to go into a nightly show where you're sort of looking five feet ahead of the car as you're driving. Uh, uh, but boy, that's interesting. That It may have happened 4,000 years ago, and how was that built? We can't explain it, but what does it have to do with now? And when we look at world events and global things and you see what's going on, sometimes you're like, maybe... Maybe that thing that we can't explain here, maybe that's kind of been a thing all along, and maybe that thing applies now. And so, so if, if you have a curious mind, we say in the advertisement for this show, and uh, um, a degree of humility, you can kind of come to the table and say, oh, I'll, I'll hear you out." You know, we can we can put this in the middle of the table and say, "Is that a is that a bowl of cereal?" You know, is it a cup of coffee? Maybe it's full of alcohol. I don't know. But like we could debate what this is and what's in it. We might all walk away with different opinions of it, but we should, as a free people, uh, to be able to put things on the table, discuss it, and then say, ah, you know, I don't know. It's, it, it's it's not a bowl of cereal. I know that for sure. We could all walk away. That is not a bowl of cereal. So uh, that's kind of, kind of where we go. I use this example every single week because most people walk through life thinking Rubik's cubes are green. And uh, it's not that you're wrong; it's just maybe based on your experiences you've had so far. That's all you've seen, and then somebody will come along, like today's guest, and be like, "Whoop! What? Rubik's cubes are also red. They're green and red." And so, you know, the goal would be maybe on the last day that you're living, you will learn something new, be able to see the same thing from the other side. If you if you're looking at an elephant head on, you know that's one view, but there's a lot of other views of that same elephant, and so. Uh, we are going to jump into today's uh, interview. Um, this is going to be new territory for me, so we're going to kind of jump into this and, and kind of what I've never interviewed an archivist. Uh, today's guest is. Uh, I'm going to read a couple of quotes from his from his from his website. Um, uh, he says his career was destroyed, his wealth destroyed, his name smeared by the fake news puppets of the enemy. Uh, but what did not happen as he was never debunked, he was only deplatformed. I think a lot of you can probably relate to that. Some of you guys have been kicked off of Facebook for simply posting a cartoon or a joke that uh, the, the, the the bots and those uh, in control of that did not did not uh, uh, catch uh, he 's classified as a a reporter and he 's gone through an incredible transformation uh, on his own biblical worldview and uh, belief in God as as as, as well um I'm excited to jump into this conversation We're going to talk a little bit about history, a little bit about creation, a little bit about the world that we come from And we might even get into uh, the future a little bit uh, before we're done Uh, But welcome for episode number 26 of the Conspiracy Conversation, Dustin Nemos Yay! Yay! You you the Thank the you the, the studio audience is 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 pumped. They're ready to get their learn on. They're ready to to get some new information here today. Jo- Dustin, thanks for joining us, man.
0: You've got it. Yeah, I've never had a studio audience uh clap for me before, so that was the coolest
1: thing. <laughs> Thank you for that. We we do that in faith a little bit. You know, we're doing more more live events uh, you know, this last weekend we did an event in Vegas, another one in Alabama, and just so we we started, you know, just doing just virtual stuff. Now we have a, another another studio for like live in person five camera setup i think everything's always better when you're with with people but at yeah. the same time i'm super thankful for technology like this you can kind of come together on the fly and and you know in another you know era i would have never you know met you and so now it's like man yeah. you, can, you can people kind of find each other with interesting ideas and then we come together and throw this out there and and people might be watching it 5 years from now so it's kind of a cool time to be you know, as, as crazy as things are, and as, as as many things as people have to be frustrated about, it's a pretty pretty cool time to be alive in a lot of ways. Yeah, amen to that. Yeah, it absolutely—it's the most exciting time in human history. So well, tell like tell us a off. little bit about your time in human history. What brought you to this point? I I, I read that on your 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 bio and your quote. Um, I like that line about you know they they've done a lot of things to me. They've taken a lot of things from me, uh, but I've I've only been deplatformed, not not debunked. That's a good line.
0: Thanks. Um, I can't claim that when I've heard it from other folks as well, that it was also true of. But it is true of me. I mean, I, I basically I came from an investment background. Actually, I came from a, a poor background, and then I went into the investment world. And then around 2017, late 2017, I got into YouTubing to just share my thoughts, and it blew up, and I, I started to have a, a large following, about 1,200 subs a day. And that was pre-censorship, obviously, but um, i switched into being a reporter full time. And, um, you know, that comes with it a little bit of historian, a little bit of economist, a little bit of, uh, investment background, a little bit of, uh, theology as well now. So I really bring a lot of various perspectives to the table, I think. And that's kind of what made me want to start the YouTube channel. And, uh, you know, since I was a kid,
1: I wanted to stand up to bullies and we have a heck of a deep state bully these days. Yeah, there, there definitely is. Um, especially when it comes to getting information out, you know, I, 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 I've gotten to a place where I really believe anybody that's put on a mainstream screen, if you're allowed to be on screens, you know, movies, if you're, if you're allowed to sit next to Jimmy Kimmel, you know, and, and talk about whatever it is you're up to, yeah. uh, there's some agreements that have been made and you've been allowed to be platformed that really hit me when the Balenciaga like bondage bear thing came out and all these yeah. celebrities were all wearing Balenciaga. And and, I, and it, I thought one of them is going to be on the Jimmy Kimmel or something, and, and they'll say it'll be the Rock or be somebody a Kardashian or someone will say, you know, when they came out with the bondage bear thing, I just thought that was odd. You know, I I I, I kind of question maybe my association with the product. I thought I would step away because I thought that was kind of odd that they would have a, a marketing guy with written books about all this with children. I like I thought that like not not one not one celebrity mentioned it, didn't come up. You know, it's interesting, you know, and so that, that really triggered it for me. I'm like, I, if you're on a screen, you are simply still a full time actor and they, they yeah. do not come on and speak their mind if if that's even still possible, you know, for, for a lot of them. But it's all kind of a, a scripted show and uh, you're not getting the real thing. And if you're allowed to be on a screen. I think you probably have, you know, signed some contracts or something. Yeah, there's the Balenciaga stuff. It's just, it's just yeah. crazy. We weren't going to go there today, but I'm like, that kind of shifted the idea of what's allowed to be put out. And so, it, it lends credence and credibility to someone like yourself. If you're, you got to find alternative. You know, we have to, we have to upload to 60 platforms every day to keep our message out. We've been, we've lost six YouTube channels, and uh, now we're getting five and a half million, you know, downloads uh, a, a month. But we had to. Work a thousand times harder than like some you know young turks or some communist pro communist kind of a of a yeah. of a messaging you know platform. So you've you've definitely found the same thing.
0: Yeah, I um, I, I was really big pre censorship and I never really adapted the same way. I'm kind of low tech and I, I don't have it's me and one guy who helps me, and we just we're a small budget operation. So I never really overcame censorship the way that many did. But I did, uh, I, you know, I doubled down on my research instead, so I've got more of a quality focus, and I'm, I'm trying to explain the deep state. I mean, many people, to speak to what you're talking about there, many people intuitively know that our government, the people pulling the strings are like satanic. But that's where the conversation generally stops. Most people can't prove it. I can prove it. I can show you their religion, which includes child sacrifice. So this is not something that's a one-off. It is the culture of the mm-hmm. elite secret societies and it's all over the world it's worldwide it's worse than it's ever been before in all of human history it's industrial so i mean I, before i got into the theology stuff i was actually one of my focuses was on human trafficking especially specifically child trafficking as i, a, I got
1: a picture or, of a, is that you're like clean shaven uh, uh, twin <laughs> Pre-, pre farming, yeah. I'm starting to grow
0: a, a bit of a farm now, and I've got three kids now, and um, I'm trying to like get ahead of the famine that's coming, and I don't want to eat the bugs or the vaccinated food, so I'm just trying to get ahead of all that. But Smart. It's,
1: it's working. <laughs> the Amish beard works for me now, so I'm. It gives you it. a little more credibility in that world. You go to the feed store, and they're like, "Oh, okay, this guy can handle this guy can handle himself." Yeah,
0: yeah, I don't get mm-hmm. carded as much.
1: Oh, that, that that's good. Let, let's hit a couple of things real quick. For a lot of people, probably be like, okay, who is this guy? Where does he come from? Where do I align with? Um, let, let's let's hit your 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 belief evolution real quick because you went from being an atheist, uh, self proclaimed, even maybe even stronger than that, to now a, a believer. So let's let's hit that just for a moment for for people.
0: Yeah, lifelong anti-theist. In fact, I've never lost a debate against pastor or priest or any the, uh, the, uh, theist in the world of any religious background. But you know, I always I was raised in a public school background, so I for a long time thought religion was sort of the source of evil in the world. And uh, it actually turns out the long way. Um, I followed the, the the rabbit hole as far as it goes, and I was trying to figure out why the deep state are into these weird satanic rituals and belief systems and. That's actually what led me to realize that uh, not only is the Bible accurate history, but it's it's real. The miracles, the prophecies, all of it—they are one hundred percent accurate. They check out every single time.
1: Wow, and, and that's that's actually uh, uh, a very brave. Path to take. Um, I don't know why my mind's blank. Uh, you know the guy that wrote the the case for Christ book. You know, famously, kind of Lee Strobel. Uh, Lee Strobel. Yeah, he kind of went down this this path. You know, as a, as a, as yeah. a investigative yeah. journalist of, of debunking. You know, the Bible. And I think it's kind of there, there's a sticky truthiness to it that kind of once you get into it, it's like wrestling. You know, with a pile of papers and and, and maple syrup. You know, and it just kind of yeah. the, the the truth of the Bible can, tends to get on you, and you can't. You can't get it get it off.
0: Yeah, yeah. It is it has been addictive. Um, you know, and the more you explore it, there's more layers to this onion, so to speak, and you just keep peeling it back. And there's there's a lot of, you know, hidden codes and such that sort of prove divinity. It's the only religion on earth that has a Bible that has all of these accurate predictions hundreds or thousands of years apart, with fine details, you know, and that's really what swayed me to uh when I realized sort of the biblical earth thing, and we don't have to go there. But when I realized that, I I became a believer in creationism. I knew there was a God. I just didn't Mm -hmm. know which one. But when I studied the religions and and the history, I realized not only is uh, there only one Bible that has accurate prophecies in it, and thus there's only one real God, but all of the other uh, mythologies or actual histories of earth are actually opposing that one God. They're all going back to the Genesis 6 Nephilim. That's the gods of every pagan mythology on earth. They all share the same story, a man and his three sons surviving a flood. They call wisdom serpents, we call fallen angels. It's basically one big jumbled story. And uh, it all all
1: arrows point back to God, no matter which rabbit hole you follow. If you follow it long enough, you'll find out He's real. I love it. You know, I, I grew up in a, a Christian family, went to a Christian school, you know, as a kid, and I, I actually fell in love with the Bible, you know, even as a child. More so than the environment that I was in, because the the Christian world was more in my space was more of a behavior modification. It was a, a set of rules to kind of keep you from getting in trouble. Uh, making God mad, getting more punishment from God, behavior modification so that you didn't drink or smoke, you know, those kind of things. Um, There wasn't a lot of teeth in it. Uh, Most, if you were sick, they pray, if it's God's will, he gets better, and, you know, these kind of things. Uh, There wasn't a lot of authority in it, and not a lot of, of, now, in private, you know, I would, the, 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 God I would learn about in, in private was super interesting, super fascinating. I thought, you know, especially the old Testament was a lot more interesting than, than they would ever give credence to, you know, we get to the Genesis six stuff and I'm like, you know, even as a kid in grade school, I'd be like, what's this, you know? And it's kind of like, nah, nah, move on. Just get back to the, you know, the 10 commandments or something. And even the 10 commandments who I would even think these are really great advice because it's all about keeping you alive, you know, not about making got angry or, or unhappy, you know, if, if you don't, you can't trust, you know, my word, you're not going to want to do business with me or, you know, you're probably eventually to kill me if I lie to you a lot, if we're in previous societies, if you, you're cheating on somebody's wife or something with with their spouse, the, the dude's probably going to kill you, you know, where it's going to lead to that. Most of these things lead to death. And so it's just more, more of like our protection than like God keeping you from, from fun. So I like even, that was even more interesting than, than they, than they pitched it. You know, to me, but when you looked at the craziness of what was taking place in those first several chapters of Genesis, I'm like, I think the world is a lot more interesting than you guys are tapping into, and we sort—they sort of leave a space for that. You know, that got filled in with you know movies and Harry Potter and and whatever else that that came along that was more interesting, and I think Christians. For the most part, yeah. people that believed in God kind of stepped out of the interesting space and yeah. uh, kind of yeah. gave that gave that all up.
0: Man, they deleted wonder from the Christian uh, theology and doctrine, basically, and then they gave us all of this false wonder with, you know, lying signs and wonders, you might say, like you're talking about the Harry Potter's witchcraft, for example, magic, yeah. uh, the form of, of witchcraft. But basically, the real wonder, the the best, most epic action and love story of all time is right there in Genesis. And it includes battles of giants, wars of giants, different giants going at, you know, at each other, uh, giants eating humans. And then, you know, we talk about, for example, my son, he's three, and his favorite story is David and Goliath, a little man standing up to a big giant and winning with God's help kids love these stories, and they they naturally believe in a creator. It's already been studied in, in various uh, uh, studies. I can't think of them off the top of my head, but children naturally believe in a creator. You have to talk them out of it. And that's what yeah. the school system and, and a lot of the fake science, like evolution, it's sort of designed to do. I mean, it's basically designed to break faith in God and then replace it with something else. And to that extent, we don't talk about uh, giants unless it's about aliens, and we don't talk about any of these ancient wonders unless it's in response to like to aliens. So you see TV shows like Ancient Aliens or History Channel talking about giants, talking about the myths, talking about the Nephilim, uh, talking about uh, everything that I talk about, for example, that people like Trey Smith talk about. I know he's been on your show as well. Yeah. But, but they always switch it to aliens. And I'm telling you, the Christian narrative has explained this from the beginning of time. Uh, it's always been the Genesis 6 fallen angels. Uh, biblical Earth is really the deciding factor because if there's no such thing as space, then there's no such thing as aliens. And uh, if people really believe there's no such thing as aliens and these things show back up, then we're going to call them demons. Yeah. That's
1: kind of what they are. It's not that there's not something else out there, and it's not that, that we believe that we're alone in the world you know, um, but there's answers for it that go back. So, so there's claim on your website that you can explain things from creation to COVID and beyond and get almost a buzzlight year kind of a, kind of a vibe. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, so let's, let's just jump into the beginning of that real quick. Um, for someone who went from, from not only an atheist, but an anti-theist to a, a believer, but came to it. There's another term you used. It's called, um, scientific fundamentalist, uh, which is which is pretty interesting. I've never been handed a business card and somebody was that. But uh, let, let's jump in from your perspective then. And and there, again, there's a lot of stuff on on Dustinemos.com people can go to. Uh, where did we come from? We'll be right back with Dustin Nemos in just one moment. I hope you're enjoying uh, that conversation. I believe most patriots want to do the right things with their money. They want to take the seed and sow it into good soil. Uh, you know, when I got my Transition kit here at the PatriotMobile.com. I got a sticker that said, I identify as a patriot. And and I am. But the problem is our cell phone bills we paid every month, and they were going to companies that were given tens of millions of dollars every single year to causes that I was completely opposed to. That made me very frustrated. I would not want to be donating money to the companies that they were donating. Where did their money came from? Their money came from me. I was giving it to them to give to those causes. Patriot Mobile supports causes that I believe in the First Amendment, Second Amendment, Sanctity of Life, veterans and and military causes, first responders. Those categories, they donate directly to every single uh, month. And, And that's something I'm excited about. And here was the key thing. I didn't have to even get a new phone. They just changed over my existing phone. Change over, And they'll buy out your existing contract up to $500. Tell them uh, the Flyover Conservative Show sent you. And if you just call 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT, or go to patriotmobile.com forward slash flyover, they will waive your activation fee, buy out your existing contract up to $500 per line. And then from then on, your cell phone bill is going to be actually a cause for good in the world and not a cause For bad. It's something I can be very excited about. Again, go to 972 Patriot uh, or go to patriotmobile.com forward slash flyover if you want to identify as a Patriot as well. Let's jump back into this conversation with Dustin.
0: Well, I like to use those terms uh, briefly, like scientific fundamentalist, just because it triggers the atheist yeah. and leftist crowd. And I like to get into public debates to prove these points to everybody who's on the fence, maybe, because public debates are a great way to get a audience with their ego detached from the argument. And uh, you never convince the opponent, but you may convince some people on the fence. So, basically, where we came from is about 6,000 years ago, all of the deep time science, by the way, is fake. There's no billions of years or trillions of years. There's no actual evidence evidence for it. All of the carbon dating stuff is completely and totally debunked. It's, it's Swiss cheese science. I mean, it really is. Uh, and there's a ton of debunks out there to show this. And they've even found uh, dinosaur bones with fresh, gooey, uh, wet-ish DNA left, not billions of years old. There's a lot of holes with, with carbon dating and other types of dating that they use, but there are accurate forms. But essentially, you know, test these things, don't just take my word for it. Basically, deep time is debunked. So, about 6,000 years ago, uh, God made us already formed the way we are. We weren't tadpoles or uh, single cell organisms or soup or any sort of galactic dust that settled here in the water and started life or any of that nonsense that they tell us. Um, things like uh, irreducible complexity, for example, disprove the entire theory of evolution. Uh, you can't just take a piece from here and a piece from there and make a complex working organism. Evolution essentially d- demands that we believe that um, – some sort of fish crawled out of water, dragging paws and claws and feathers and everything else for millions of years until they developed into something useful. That's silly. <laughs> and we never see any missing uh, link, uh, so to speak, between right. monkey and man or any species ever. And there should be literally billions of them by now. So, you know, we, we know that creation uh, creationism science or, you know, creation science is the one that holds up and wins the debates. That's why they won't really have them. And we know that deep time is debunked. So here, here we are, Adam and Eve made already. This is something we can prove. Um, for example, they have something called mitochondrial Eve. Mitochondrial Eve is the idea that we come from a single uh, female ancestor. Accurate, that's true. They say that she's billions and millions of years old, and she came out of Africa and all this other stuff, but none of, none of that's true. Uh, in fact, there are um, complexities within the... Um, I can't remember off the top of my head what it's called. It's a genetics term, but basically the, uh, the, the division rate of the cells proves that it goes back about 6,000 years okay. rather than about 60 billion or whatever they claim. So, you've yeah. got um, all of the genetics evidence, for example, in favor of God. You've got all of the archaeological and, and cosmological evidences in favor of God. And then pretty much all the sciences, if you follow it, run into this wall of God evidence for God everywhere, and they want to deny it. So, um, here we are 6,000 years ago, roughly, Adam and Eve, uh, mankind starts, there's a deception in the garden, um, and then we start to procreate, multiply, death is introduced, all that, so we have to have babies to continue the species. And then, fast forward just a few generations in the days of Jared or Yared. That's when the Ha Elohim, or the fallen angels, and there's some debate. Some people say these were just humans, but where do we get giants like Goliath? Mm -hmm. Six fingers and six toes and all that. So, the Ha Elohim is the only thing that makes sense grammatically, contextually, historically, etc. So, the Ha Elohim, the sons of God, the fallen angels, uh, come down to earth and mate with human women and produce the Nephilim. That's the historic, uh, accurate paradigm of the world not only biblically but pretty much every other mythology in the world speaks to giants every other uh, history of every continent you can look at the hieroglyphs there are giants all over the place usually red-headed cannibalistic six-fingered and six-toed giants by the way specific details
1: let's jump in, in the in the stick in that, the the garden section yeah. there a minute because that's an interesting thing it's easy to kind of blow over and for anybody that's grown up in the church at all if you've ever seen a flannel graph or you have any images of a children's bible and the pictures you see it's kind of it's kind of hard to to break away from that and think of like the reality like if um so there was nothing there was chaos you know and and and, and so 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 the god i believe in was before all things he's he's outside of time and um in that space, created a creation that was in his image. Though he's a spirit, he, out of this dirt in the earth, he formed man. But then, you know, there, you know, there's a big difference. If you have ever been around a dead body, there's a big difference between when you're alive and when you're not. You know, like it, it's it's like there's this shift, and 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 that dead body, God breathed into it and and brought life into it, gave it a spirit, and I think people instinctively kind of know this idea that i have if you cut off my arms and my legs you know i'm still me i could gain 100 pounds or lose 100 pounds i could grow a beard maybe not quite as majestic as that thing you got hanging from your chin but i could i could i could head that direction um, but that none of that is me like i i am a spirit that has a body and you kind of recognize that, you know, a little bit. Some people even use this term. It's like, I, I'm doing fine, but I feel like my spirit's broken. You know, you go through a place in life, and that's just part of your emotions. There's different things, but there's, there's, there's a strengthening of spirit. You're around people that kind of have a, you know, almost a dynamic, like a spiritual presence, you know, when and you're with them, that, that that's probably, you know, their awareness of their spirit and not just stuck in their flesh. If you've ever done an endurance event and you're at the end. And you're like, my body is done. But then you, you like, there's another place you can tap into. It's like, no, my body's not the highest authority. This body's the car I'm driving around. I am, I am. And so we, we all have you know different experiences. Maybe near death. There's, there's a lot of things. But let's go back to that moment of Adam being created. What do you think that situation looked like? What the world looked like? Um, and how long of a time do you think that that there was in that space? Even before, uh tree of knowledge, good and evil, Satan, that whole bit. Let's just dig in the garden for a minute. What did that world look like, possibly? I mean, you're going to speculate on some of this, but how do you picture it?
0: Well, you know, at that time, Adam was uh, spending his days naming all of the various uh, life forms of creation, you know, specifically like animals and such. And he had access to all the foods and such. I mean, he didn't really have to work or till the earth yet. Uh, he didn't age. Uh, he had a wonderful, beautiful woman created specifically for him by God, and there's no competition. So, the, it's a good time to live. I mean, he's
1: in the land of milk and honey, basically. Um,
0: Do you again, find it interesting course,
1: that there was a loneliness yeah. for him even by himself before God brought Eve? I always find that yeah. interesting, you know, that there's no sin, no debt, no nothing. He's walking with God in the cool of the day, the most per- but there was still a missing piece. He was, there was a loneliness yeah. in him. I think it's interesting about God even because God knew that when he created him but also waited till there was an acknowledgement on Adam's part that he needed this other half completion like that that well, space in the garden is really interesting and I wonder how long all that was was yeah. that a week is that like 2 weeks like a month was it a season was it a year you know how long do you think Adam was even doing that could have been a you know could that. that have been like 20 years could have been you know like what 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 was what was even time like in that space
0: between dozens and hundreds, perhaps. Uh, you know, I do want to mention that, like you are saying earlier, we have a mind, a body, and a soul. There's sort of a trinity there, and they're all separate. And we have, like, morality, for example, which can really only be explained by a higher spiritual uh, form and that's basically another evidence for God in the debate. Because where does morality come from? It's certainly not a reptilian uh, evolutionary adapted brain that's all about survival of the fittest. You'd throw your baby in front of a alligator just to get away from it yourself. So that wouldn't make any sense at all. I mean, we we will dive in front of a bus to save our child. Right. Why would we do that if we want to? If we're if we're all about evolution and we're just doing the most logical thing, why not survive ourselves? Let the baby die. Mm. And then have 10 more. It doesn't make any sense unless there's a spirit, there's a morality, there's a consciousness, there's, there's a higher authority there, not only in the body, but in, in all of creation. We were made in his image as moral spirits in a physical world. So, we're, we're, we're missing something. And I think that's why we have a companion while we're here, but not necessarily in heaven because, you know, uh, like, people in heaven are not given to marriage uh, like the angels, according to Jesus. So, uh, in heaven, there's no such thing as marriage. We don't need a mate. We don't need to have babies. We're eternal. We don't need to procreate, necessarily. But while we're here, we're missing a part of ourselves, which is the spirit side. We're missing God whom we can't necessarily just see and talk to anymore. So I think
1: that's maybe why we have a, a complaint. Do you think that body in heaven will be like the body Adam had in that space? Because Adam's Adam's you know, was aware of his nakedness later, but it wasn't a thing in that moment. He's um but even in spite of like nobody's ever offended him, nobody's ever talked behind his back, he'd never had an enemy, you know, there was no disappointment in his work because it wasn't until after he left the garden it was like, Now you're gonna have to work hard to grow stuff. So you know, like everything must have gone well, you know, for Adam in yeah. in the in the garden. So, in spite of all that, and then there's still like this this loneliness. But God is a spirit. Do you think did God manifest Himself in a physical presence? He says Adam walked with God in the cool of the day. Do you think that that was just Adam was like this more of a a, a duality between like his his spirit man self and you know, like detecting the spirit world around him in a way that we don't like from the, this, yeah. I, I'm, I'm tethered to this body in a, in a unique way from the time I'm born to the time I die. But do you think Adam was more hyper aware simultaneously spirit flesh in a unique way in that moment? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that God can reveal himself to anyone I and mean, he could do that same with us today. And I think that even before the fall, there was some sort of a material flesh based form. I mean, we're in a material world are, are the rules of? He, our made, our he made him out of dirt. Yeah, made him out of dirt. So we're in a we're in a materialistic uh, universe. So there is material to it. It's not just spirit. We're something other than just spirit, but we have spirit as a component. We're more complicated necessarily than spirit, perhaps. Uh, so I, I don't think that he was pure spirit. And I know some people use the term like body. I mean, certainly he was mm-hmm. immortal in his physical life um but yeah i think people will basically revert to what adam was before the fall with a physical body that has uh eternal repercussions and
1: no no death to it in new jerusalem basically is how i see it um you know I, I picture maybe like uh, cuz moses had to hide his face when god revealed himself in a way yeah. you know and you yeah. know there's something in this the sin state there's, there's like we're all dying everything dies you know this 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 is going to decay Probably take longer the plastic pieces or whatever, but like everything's breaking down and rotting and and decaying. I think of it sometimes like you know if I put a a a plate with a a steak on it in the microwave and I'm heating it up, it does fine. I put a fork in there, it freaks out, you know. And I think (laughs) like like there's a there's a level of, of 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 because sin is brought into this realm, you know God's presence can you know not be revealed maybe in the same way it was in the garden and maybe the way it will be, you know, in eternity. But there's definitely a uniqueness to that sin-free environment, you know, that that Adam had. And it's unique to me also that when you trace this timeline and you start looking at the ages of these people, a lot of them overlapped, you know. I mean, when you're living six, seven, eight hundred years, 969 from Methuselah, you know— what would the? I mean, Adam was having conversations with people. Yeah, you know, they're yeah. all his descendants. A lot of those guys overlapped. You know, when you look at the graph, you know how long they were all, all, all alive. Um, so yeah. his 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 unique relationship with God, he and Eve for that period of time. I, I don't think it was like a day, and we kind of picture it that when you're just kind of flipping through creation, da da. You know, it's only you know a few verses, but they they were in relationship you know, yeah. with with God and experienced Him in a way that I think is different than what we do now. There's a good graphic there of people being yeah. alive at the same times.
0: And, and you know what? I want to speak to that, too. I mean, you asked me kind of what the world was like, and, and yeah. I didn't think about this answer at first, but I've thought about kind of what that world would be like in a lot of different ways, you know, the time of Noah and all the violence. But before that, you know, the long lifespans, the quality of health, the lack of all the buildup of, like, generational sin and such over... You no know, Monsanto... You know, his history. Yeah, no Monsanto, I mean, and also, like, no cell phones and such, for the most part. Yeah. I mean, they did have a, 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 a period of historical, like, peak science pre-flood in, like, genetics and such. There's a lot of stuff that we're not told about now. Uh, when they were splicing DNA of different right. things together and such. All flesh was corrupted. But for the most part, low tech. So you got to imagine, like imagine six, seven hundred years to get to know your family, like to get to know the the relationships of your your friends, your loved ones, uh, your your children. I mean, getting really to know someone. It's totally not even just like you're living and coexisting in the same space while you stare at your cell phones the way people do today. But I mean, like you're doing right. things together like 10 hours a day or more all day. And you're just having conversations, you're talking about God, you're talking about life, love, uh, food, all the things that we talk about today, but you're actually having like real in-depth relationships with people. That's one of the most noticeable things I think people would would really want to know about in the pre-flood, you know, all of this pre-sin sort of life. Um, And and remember, it got worse over time. So, even though sin was introduced, it wasn't like it is today where they just jumped right into abortion. So, they had a period of time where like righteousness mostly prevailed through the most part of most people and like to be bad, right. it'd be a horrible thing. It would ruin your reputation. And like, they, sh- they shame you out of society and
1: stuff. Well, a- a- right. Right. After the garden. Okay. We have, uh, you know, Cain and Abel. So there's a period of time of those guys growing up. And I don't know if those were their only two kids at the time. You kind of picture Adam and Eve over here, Cain and Abel over here working and, you know, Cain kills Abel with the rock. And, but you know, they might've had, they might've had a hundred kids by then. I don't know. Cause it goes so fast in the narrative but but Cain was afraid of being sent away. He says, "You know, you're going to send me off. I'm going to be killed. who was he afraid of? Okay, like, what so, kind of timeline uh, had gone by there? What do you, what was that looking like?"
0: So, like, the Bible records a lot of genealogies, but it doesn't record all of them. It just focuses on the main ones. I mean, there, there were other children, probably, I mean, presumably, uh, people in the pre-flood world had no condoms, and they had nothing else to do, largely. Right. Food was easy to get to, right? Right. So, being pragmatic here, I mean, they, they probably engaged in lots of that. God told them to multiply, so they're yeah. encouraged to do so by the guy who's still talking to them. For the most part at that yeah. point in history. So, I mean, I imagine many children, and I think that that is the most logical explanation for who Cain was afraid of and for the blessing that Cain did not get that pissed him off and made him kill his brother. I think it was one of his sisters. I And I don't want to uh, imply like uh, bad incest necessarily. There was no other human alive and uh, genetically they were so pure and that would not have presented any sort of like deformity uh, problems or anything like that. It's not the same as like mother, daughter, father, all that stuff, or mother, son, all that stuff. It's not as bad with, you know, early pure blood human generation cross-brother-sister. That's the only wife they had. That Mm -hmm. was how humanity started. So, uh, some scripture, uh, Apocrypha, stuff that was taken out of the Bible, uh, talks about Luluwa, which was one of the sisters, and suggests that, like, basically, Cain got Luluwa after uh, he killed his brother, because he was denied his beautiful sister, and that was the blessing that he really wanted. And basically, he just pissed him off, and, and there was a fight over a woman. And that's who he went to the other lands with, and that's presumably who also populated the other lands, the, the brothers and sisters and, and their children of the brother he just killed. So, you know, the whole world's going to hate him for what he did, um, and nobody else
1: was alive at that time. And you mentioned they're hearing God, because when God God came to Cain and said, where's your brother? And again, God always comes in a question, like comes to Adam, Adam, where are you? He's asking these rhetorical questions because he knows all things, but you know, you're gonna respond better if I ask you a question, you know, than tell you that was dumb. i would be like, why'd you say that? They you know, or you know, like, I don't know why I said that. I was mad, I lost my temper. You know, it's better than saying, What you're a jerk for saying that. You know, it's kind of yeah. you know, God has this this questioning that sort of leads you to your own conclusions. Ask Cain, you know, where's your brother? And he's like, oh, you know, famously, you know, my bro- my brother's keeper. You know, he's like, your brother's, your brother's Crying, his, his blood's crying out, you know. Yeah. But what's interesting there is Cain didn't be like, "Whoa, who's that talking?" Yeah. He knew the voice of God. There, there was nothing in the dialogue that was like, "Whoa, who's that?" You know, uh, you know. I, I think that's an interesting part there. Is, is God's presence and His voice was very clear to these people, in spite of yeah. their choices. And and as, things, yeah. and as things devolved, not evolved rapidly over the next few chapters.
0: And yet we still had that same like line of good and evil between every heart after the fall. So you know even early on, evil reared its head. It, sh- it was just not culturally accepted for a long, long time because evil sort of took a long time to win over most of, of mankind. But by the days of Noah, I mean all, all flesh was corrupted. there were no humans left except for pure blood in his generations or genes, Noah and his family. So they were saved.
1: Um, and fast forward, you get a restart of humanity with a better. How long of a time is there between like, say leaving the garden and, and the flood of Noah. So, uh, People, Whether you're, you're, If you're knowing or guessing. Either yeah. way,
0: around, around 3500 BC, I've, I, going off memory here, and I do have a post on the serapham.com, which is my archive of hidden history. It's, it talks about the flood and the timing, and it goes into the dating okay. and, and also extra biblical stuff. But around 3500 BC, genetic corruption occurred and a flood occurred, and we can also show a genetic bottleneck of one man and his three sons, of which we all descend, genetically speaking. So it's all there in the wow. scientific evidence as well. Yeah, so the flood was for real. And it, it, was, it was also one of the most uh, uh, amazing miracles and proofs of God of all human history. I mean, there are whale bones on tops of almost every mountain in the world from a massive flood. Only yeah. a
1: massive flood would have done that. I uh, grew up in probably, Kansas. You'll find yeah. fish fossils all the time of like, you know, different things, you know, that are not, you know, yeah. like it, it was a seabed.
0: There's so much of that in the world. It's everywhere and it's in our very uh, um, so-called – they like to pretend that the layers, the sedimentary layers of our soil are like tree rings built up over time. And that's not how it works. If anything, you erode over time unless you have a lot of input like animal droppings and such to build the soil up. But, but I digress. It's basically absolute evidence for a flood because sediment layers were laid down, heaviest first and lightest top. Just like if you shook a, gra- uh, a jar of sand and clay and rocks, the heaviest thing is going to settle first and then the, so forth. And that's exactly what happened to most of the surface of the earth. You can see that through things like the Great Unconformity, which sticks right out for all to see in places like the Grand Canyon, uh, where there are clear pictures of layers of different types of rocks just mm-hmm. melted together by water laying it down over uh seconds not hundreds of years or thousands of years or anything but seconds
1: and now so why the big uh valleys and ruts through the grand canyon so because because so like a, yeah. you know there's scientists will be like well that's because of you know gazillions of billions and trillions of bazillions yeah. of years now there's a there's a something called the little or mini Grand Canyon,
0: which happened in about thirty minutes, and it looks almost identical to the Grand Canyon. So it actually was a, a massive uh, exodus of the floodwater, so to speak, back out of the Gulf of Mexico into the uh, the oceans of the world at the time as the water settled. And this is hmm. what we find with the Great Unconformity and all of the different layers of soil and the uh, the dinosaur bones and everything, which are choking in the the, the death pose where they're all struggling with. Uh, mud in their lungs to breathe, uh, which is fairly famous. They call that the death row or whatever. Uh, and then also um, you, you got them f- fighting, you know, in mid fight and they still get wiped out um, because of something that was so massive, so big, it just wiped out the whole world in a
1: matter of moments. So, so Dustin Nemos.com. People can go there and it branches you into a lot of your, your research. Let, let's talk about the people real quick because, and, and let's tie maybe these kind of two things together briefly. Um, a lot of people have gone back to what did the world look like right before the flood? Why was there a need for it? I think as a child growing up in the church, it was like, people were so bad. So many people were drinking and smoking that God had to kill them all, you know, kind of a thing. It was a sort of that vibe. They were, they were so sinful, you know, and, and about the only sins you kind of really addressed with the stuff that they, you know, behavior, they wanted modified out of, you know, what it looked like to be a good Christian. Um. Yeah. And, and you know you start looking at this a little deeper and it's like i remember the first time i heard somebody pose that idea of of noah and his his sons were chosen because they were the last like pure bloods you know left Basically, that, yeah. that that weren't yeah. talk about that a little bit and why there was a need for a cleansing of that proportion We're going to jump right back into that conversation with Dustin Nemos in one second. But I want to draw your attention to something that you're probably already thinking about, but you probably don't have a great solution for. And that is, what do you do about the fact that the dollar that you grew up with, you can no longer even buy anything at the grocery store for a dollar. Matter of fact, you can't even buy something at the dollar store for a dollar. And it's happening before our eyes. You know, it took us 204 years all the way up to Ronald Reagan to get a trillion dollars in debt. Last month, we went six hundred billion dollars in debt in in one month, and, that, and that's why other nations around the world are moving away from it, and they're they're now trading amongst themselves in other currencies. That's what's kept the petrodollar, dollar, the the U.S. dollar, propped up. and 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 in January, it's going to accelerate even more because the, the the Saudi oil nations are all going to be joining the BRICS nations and begin trading commodities and goods, including oil, with each other, not using the U S dollar. That's why people are talking about this all the time, but it seems like hard and exotic. You can't go to, uh, you know, the convenience store and, and, uh, change your, your dollars into uh, gold and silver. You need somebody that can help that transaction, take care of the storage, uh, uh, issues. Um, and you can keep some silver, you know, with you if you want, but somebody that's going to help you with that process. A couple of key things, flyovergold.com gets you in touch with Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. Stacy and I have known him for over 25 years. We talk about him on the show quite often. Uh, he's an advisor to people like Amanda Grace, Seth whole A man in America. He's an advisor to Dinesh D'Souza, uh, as well. Um, That's the kind of guy I want to take advice from. He has two PhDs. He's equipped to help us in these times, and he does a couple of key things. One, he has an incredible team that's there to take your call and work through your specific situation so your fears go down, your knowledge goes up, and number two, um, he works with you in a way that you know you're getting silver that is going to have value when you go to sell it, not an exotic story, not a shipwreck, not... Elvis's print on it. It's. It, they're going to want to know how many ounces of silver do you have? Is it ten ounces of bullion silver? Is it one ounce of silver? You can get a hundred ounces. You can get whatever you want, but it's going to be something that you can sell without having to convince somebody of of the collectible value of it. It's the it's the recognized spot price. Some people are paying two and three times the spot price just to buy ounces of silver, which seems kind of crazy. So you can trust him that he's going to get you silver for the ounce. Number two, there's no commission when you go to sell it. So right now, silver's around $22, $23 an ounce. If it goes to 50 or 100 or whatever, you don't pay a commission on any of that increase when you work with Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. It's a huge difference when you go to sell it. We're not going to be in these times forever. There's going to be better leadership in the world. There's going to be something to move into in the future, and you can take your profits, roll it into that in the future if you have the right person. So reach out today to Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. You can go to flyovergold.com, get you into his space fill out a questionnaire, just who you are, where you're from. They'll set up a time to talk to you uh and 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 get that ball rolling. But that puts you in the queue. Go to flyavergold.com today, reach out to Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. You will be super glad that you did. Now let's jump back in the conversation with Dustin. Sure. Well when you when you when you understand what generations
0: biblically means, it just it's a bit Bible talk for genes. It's Bible talk for the bloodline or lineage of a family. So Noah was safe because he was pure in his generations or genes. He was a pure blood human in a time when all flesh was corrupted. That was the context around why Noah was picked and saved. Uh, it wasn't just that he was righteous in a world of sinners. I mean, we're filled with more sin today than probably any point of human history before, and it's celebrated in the streets with pride events. Um, however, um, you know, we don't have a flood hitting us right now because it's not just sin that triggers the flood. It was all flesh becoming corrupted. And basically, if God did not act, all mankind would be wiped out forever. Uh, he would have to make all over again and start over. So, basically, God acted. He saved one family. That's all he needed, just a little bit of seed to start all over with the garden. And that's mm-hmm. basically how it worked. Didn't When in the context of all flesh was corrupted, which happened right after the context of the Nephilim, and the giants. Now you can go into the context of what the Beneha Ha Elohim were teaching, with like the Book of Enoch and such. I know Trey Smith has broken this down a lot. I have broken this down a lot. The Book of Enoch talks about what the uh, its context to Genesis. It basically um, it adds the story of the fallen angels, the story of the giants, more context. What specific sins they were teaching? For example, Kazdeja was one of the leaders of the fallen angels, and they taught specifically abortion. So you saw this rise not only of sin but also of technology and of specific types of technology, weapons, warfare, um, and also things like abortion and uh, vanity, makeup, um, the sort of things that uh, certain scriptures talk about how people wanted their wives to take a certain concoction so they would not be pregnant and they would preserve their form and they didn't pay attention to their wives who had had babies anymore and they only wanted the lustful things and all flesh basically Mm -hmm. had had only just violence and lust on the mind all the time because all flesh literally were not human. They were mutants or Nephilim at that point. So, um, you know, Noah was picked, he was saved and that's when we see most of the giants wiped out. Um, of course, they came back, we get Goliath and stuff later, but there's an explanation for that, often overlooked. But the, the, the real the real takeaway is that most people who teach the Bible skip over the whole part of the giants from Genesis 3.15, mm-hmm. Genesis 6, all the way to the end, when they're not big anymore, but they're still there. They're called Edom, and they're basically a big player in the Gog and Magog in times of war. But
1: that's the, still the lineage of the, the fallen angels. Who is in the, the devil? The serpent. And what was he doing during yeah. this time? Where did he come from? You know, uh, there's this, these jokes, uh, you know, about you know you'll see sometimes on Facebook or something. Like, uh, I'd rather go to hell than heaven anyway. It's all my friends are. They picture it like a poker game, and and it's like that's where the fun, like that's the fun time. It's like the Titanic ship and that's where you party and fun in the basements where Jack goes to, to dance with the regular people. And maybe heaven's like this stuffy with this, where the suits up top on the movie Titanic, you know, and it's like no fun, you know, like th- th- that's kind of the marketing, you know, angle of it. Um, and there's this, there's this vibe of like, maybe Satan is like, uh, like Satan's pro LGBTQ, you know, he's pro people's choice. He wants them to be able to have abortion. Or like, 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 is Satan for anything or is what what's his objective is, is he the is okay. he the party guy and God's the no fun guy and here. uh what what's what's what is his role from the snake was he a snake and what was he doing in this all this up till the moment of the flood
0: okay here here's my understanding and I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of opinions and speculation and and this is reaching into the deep past i mean i don't have tons and tons and tons of resources on or from the fallen angels but here's what we know. Um, they landed on Mount Hermon, 200 of them. And this is after the garden. I'll, I'll get back to the garden in a second. But 200 angels landed on Mount Hermon at the 33.3 degree parallel, according to the old Paris Prime Meridian lines. Um, and this is basically what we call the Golan Heights today. This is where all the child sacrifice altars and stuff are still that. I mean, they had temples all over the place. And there was an actual uh, sort of ruined temple at the location where these things landed, where an actual oath to do all of this uh, chaos that was mentioned in the book of Enoch was literally recorded, and now it's uh, either on display or hidden by the British Museum. They took it. Uh, It's not there anymore. But that was actually found, physical evidence, written from the fallen angels themselves. Genesis 6. That would be page-turner. Yeah. um, And and people can look that up. Um, You know, it's a stone that was taken from uh, uh, Golan Heights, Mount Hermon location. But basically, these fallen angels landed and immediately they started to, of course, take human wives, but not all of them did. Of course, if you fast forward the Genesis 6 angels w- with the additional apocryphal context, and, and like we talked about, um, there, there's other biblical context in the canon, like in Peter, or uh, I, I think it's Peter, where they talk about the spirits that were imprisoned uh, and the, the transgression of the angels, for example. There are references to this, but you really get more context in like Jubilees and Enoch, for example. Mm-hmm. In Anyway, these things started immediately to teach us sin, uh, abortion, etc. The, the fallen angel of the garden, um, the one that was a serpent that was cursed to walk on its feet, lost its ability to, to, to fly, basically, uh, that was uh, cursed to eat the dust, which is what we're made of, most likely, I can guess a couple different names, like Azazel, possible contender, but most likely that is Gadriel. Now, anytime you see El, that means of God. So, all of the angel names, most of them end with L. Uh, and the emphasis is always on the, the last syllable in original Hebrew. So, it's not Azazel, it's Azazel, basically. Okay. But these are, these are the captains of the fallen angels, the leader of, of whom was Shemyaza. Most of them were, according to the book of Enoch and Jubilees, imprisoned um, for 70 generations, basically, for the actual crime of creating Nephilim giants. But not all of them were, as we know, what we call Satan today, which is the adversary, it's a title for all of them, or what we call Lucifer today, which is a title in Latin also, which means the light bringer. That particular fallen angel was free throughout human history, roaming about seeking whom he may devour. Um, So that particular fallen angel did not make babies with human women. And maybe there were others as well, uh, other spirits, like the Prince of Persia, for example, who did not make the baby particular crime and then did not suffer that particular um, uh, imprisonment uh-huh. until the end. So, there are some fallen angels that were free and some that were released. But the way I envision it is Gadriel, in the form of a eastern dragon, the snake with the legs and the wings that can fly, uh, basically was slithering around trying to uh, deceive and then was punished by having its wings and legs and um, also by by taken and also by having its uh, uh, food basically being us. Now what did Gondriel teach us specifically? Like the Book of Enoch says that um, two angels specifically, they focus right in, not on taking wives and teaching their wives things and making monster babies with their wives, but specifically on teaching us vanity, makeup and uh, uh, mirrors and weapons of warfare, teaching us how to kill each other. That was what they came to do. That was their MO. That was their uh, hobby. So, hmm. when Gadriel, the, 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 what I assume is Lucifer, uh, when Lucifer is uh, roaming about seeking whom he, de- whom he may devour and eating the dust of the world, which we're made of, uh, to, to basically spiritually to survive, he's basically um, forced to vampirize our soul's suffering in order to survive. So, I think that Satan is surviving on human suffering until the end, just like some sort of spiritual vampire entity um but but basically, I see that as Gadriel, who was all about teaching us to kill each other so satan's m o his his he's not about having fun he's about having fun until something happens to you that is irreversible. He wants you to party while the sink uh, the ship
1: sinks, like you use that analogy yeah he's he's um but not pro any particular. Sin, he's not the creator of any particular thing. Um, would you say that he's he is very angry with God, the Creator, and any time he could do something that hurts us is a win. If I if he could get me to hurt you, that's a win. Um, yeah. You know the things that would hurt God's heart the way me as a father. If my if my kids, you know, uh, hurt each other, you know, if one killed another. You know, yeah. uh, it, it would it would hurt me like like that. And then, is there a category of people today? I was just with Robin Bullock this past weekend, and he used a phrase probably two years ago that really stood out to me. Because people struggle understanding the time that we're in, because you can't picture a person that looks good, wears a suit, smells good, uh, goes home at night, puts on a robe, goes into his basement, and worships Lucifer. That yeah. that that worships, that prays, fast, reads scripture, does everything in an inverted version of what you would consider godly, um, and you, you you struggle to realize there's a large number of those people in high levels of leadership. And I was like, wow, yeah. because that kind of gets yeah. you out of the spectrum of like mm-hmm. this guy's a good guy, and this guy is falling away from the Lord, and he's like a biker that's doing something. You know, he drinks too much beer. You know, like that that spectrum of bad people. You know, it's like, well, they're just not doing good. That there's this yeah. whole other Luciferian circle. Yeah, other, we're with Robin and, and uh uh Steve Schultz for Elijah Streams this weekend and we had this conversation in the back room about that exact idea of of people that you that wow, that looks like a nice respectable he's a senator, you know, he's a thing, you know, and and, and uh lives a dive that actually is dedicated to the worship of God. Lucifer, as a Luciferian.
0: Yeah, no, that's why we find evil concentrated around power everywhere, universally, disproportionately, all the time, every every time throughout human history. This is a a rule, basically. I mean, if you want to worship the god of this world, according to Jesus, that's Lucifer. This world has chosen him for the most part. Uh, however, um, he'll be judged at the end as well. The, some of your questions there for like, for example, uh, like the child sacrifice stuff and why they're into this and why people have a hard time understanding it, even though the Bible was filled with stories mm-hmm. of this, be- literally, this is the religion of the giants. It was all about uh, demon worshiping, blood magic, uh, child sacrifice, either of their own children or of their victims, uh, the, the, the humans that were under them, because they, they basically always ruled over us as, as sort of like God kings at first thirsty for blood. And then when they got small later, more as like the priestly rulers from the shadows. And then you see the, the, um, the archeological sort of record go from big giants with elongated skulls to little giants with elongated skulls. And then the skulls get smaller, the kind of stuff Trace Smith talks about. Yeah. They uh, freak you I'm out. I'm a big fan of his work, uh, especially the like sort of archeological evidence and, and some of his infographics. Wow, I have a, a beard hair in my mouth sometimes. It's a price you pay. Yeah, it is. It really is. Uh, but my daughter, she loves this thing. That's why I'm not getting rid of it. <laughs> She's five. Anyway, so, so back to where I was, um, you basically have two reasons that I understand the deep state engages in child sacrifice. And not all of them are born into this. Many of them just find this stuff either reading the Bible, and they believe it or by reading other books that basically refer back to these various religions and, and basically put symbolisms and math and rituals to things and, and allow you to contact them with with blood magic. I mean, basically, the elite use uh, child sacrifice, even of their own children, to commune with demons, because it is a natural science that does actually work. Um, and then they hmm. also want to hurt God. Uh, Laura Logan mentioned this in one of her interviews. Uh, she had a interview. Uh, uh, some sort of a whistleblower from within the satanic community, and we've seen other ones like Nathan Reynolds come out and say the same thing as well, but basically they want to hurt babies to hurt God because they can't hurt God. But you also have to understand the context. Um, It is my belief that the fallen angels of Genesis 6 that were punished for 70 generations were released around 1950, around the time of Roswell when suddenly tens of thousands of people around the world are experiencing spiritualistic abduction stories involving uh, sexual mm. fantasies and fetishes and rape and and sort of trying to mix the species, if you will, just like in the pre-flood world, the same modus operandi. Yeah. We also see an increase of sin and technology since the early 1900s. And the prophecy lines up to be exactly not only when the aliens of Roswell and the world show up, But also, when we discover the book of Enoch, which was literally right there in 1 Enoch 1, verse 1, it's talking about the prophecy that it says it was not written for any other generation except the last generation when these things would come back. So there it is, God's word shows up right in time for the alien fallen angel's return of the watchers. And they're here trying to make babies, but like scripture says, they will try to mix their seed or mingle their seed and it will not cling. So they're impotent, they can't make titans anymore. And another, you know, piece of the context is, that, you know, say now Lucifer has reinforcements. The two hundred are back, but mm. uh, the, con- the before they were in prison, God basically forced them to watch their own children kill each other. I mean, the, their titans, their firstborn babies, uh, were basically just like a liger today, a modern liger when you mix a, a lion and a tiger. I know because of Napoleon Dynamite. Vision. Yeah, yeah, everybody does Napoleon Dynamite, the liger. Um, So there are a bunch of these things, people breed them, and it's dangerous, but they get the size of a tank before they die, and they will out-eat and out-compete 20 lions before they really uh, croak from old age. Now, they don't live 800 years like people did in those days, but basically they have unlimited puberty. When they start, they don't stop, ever. And that's basically what happened to these 500-plus-year lifespan giants. Uh, They were born, and they never stopped growing. And they got to the point where they were starving and they ate each other to death. And that's basically what the Greeks stylized as the clash of the titans. And that's why the uh-huh. Bible says they were they were literally the size of the ark. It's not lying. It's not a, a typo. They were literally the size of the ark. And there are uh, bones and hands and skulls sticking out of uh, the mountainsides today where their bones were actually, uh, fossilized with all of that mineral and water hitting them at once. So you can, you can actually, um, uh, uh I think, uh, Mount, Mount Go or something is one of them. For example, it's a, it's a giant elephant, uh, Titanic sized, uh, and, and, you know, you can see the genetics evidence for this as a liger. So if people think that's, that that's not possible, just look at the liger today. Any geneticist can explain it to you or any of the liger aficionados, or just, you know, start with Napoleon
1: okay. Dynamite. He'll, he'll get you there. He he brought it up brought it onto the map. I I could do this conversation for like five hours because you're super interesting. You'd be the, one of the ultimate people to get stuck in an elevator with, probably. Uh <laughs> and let time time go by. Um thank you. Let, let, let's wrap it up with this question here. You went from being an anti-theist to so fascinated in the truth you found in scripture that uh in your opinion it sounds like it makes sense of everything that's confusing that there's an yeah. answer for every misdirection is found in truth inside of God's word what do what do have you have to people to... that are what do you have for, uh, just maybe like 2 minutes here what do you have time uh, what what do you have to say to people that are somewhere in that spectrum. Here's one thing I've found is I run into more people now when I travel than ever that are coming up to me and saying, you know what? I've been a believer for like 20 or 30 years. I go to church every week. For the first time in my life, though, I'm actually opening God's Word and I'm reading it for myself at home. They've gone to a church that puts three motivational scriptures on the screen and they apply that to their sales meeting on Monday. And I don't want to minimize all that because it's so good and God's Word applies to every area of your life. But but that's just, you know, the Twinkies you know, like they're, they're coming home and they're actually opening the Bible and it's coming alive to them. And and people are finding that for themselves, not going through their pastor or someone else. Like God's word is revealing itself to me. Like it has, it sounds like for you, what do you have for people that are kind of coming to this crazy world? And they're like, I'm actually a believer, but I don't, I'm looking at message boards on the internet more for answers than I am actually God. So, I, I want to share my screen with you briefly,
0: because I've got something that's going to blow your mind. Uh, okay. We talk, about, we talk about Genesis 3.15 and the giants of Genesis 6 and the seed of the serpent, the Nephilim, and all that stuff over history. But right there in Genesis 3.15, God uh, promised us there would be a war between the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. And um, I want to share an, something from an article I did on com called Mark of the Beast, Human DNA Made in God's Image Until Vaxxed. I know this is controversial. But right here in Operation Warp Speed's official logo, there's a 666, a upraised hand in praise, the Yud. There's an Antakarana symbolizing control of the instrument of your mind and soul and a reference to the 13 tribes. All you have to do is drop the P and it's suddenly Operation War on the Seed. I'm telling you that the giant survived and the seed of the serpent is the modern deep state. And they're still waging a war against mankind of all colors, all hues of man all humans are against the seed of the serpent and they're trying to wipe us out and enslave us. And they're basically coming into uh, power with their one world government, one world religion, uh, final sort of book of revelations, uh, prophecies or red alert at all points um, all over the place. And, um, you know, they're out to destroy. Uh, what I can also point to is Leviticus twenty-six, eighteen, for example, America and the UK are some of the lost tribes of Israel. Uh, For example, in Leviticus 26.18, if you will not yet for all of this hearken unto me, then I will punish you seven times more for your sins. Based on the Assyrian conquer date, the dates that they were conquered, the tribes of Manasseh and Ephraim in 745 and 721 BC, fast forwards 2,520 years based on the math of seven times 360 for that punishment, you get America 1776 and the UK, um, which I think is 1801 AD there. I can't see the, uh, the image in that spot. But that's uh, a biblical prophecy of some of the lost tribes of Israel right there, and they're trying to wipe out the West because they are out to kill us with things like the mark of the beast, the vaccine, because either, whether you're an atheist or not, they
1: are Satanists. They believe in the Bible, absolutely, mm-hmm. and they are using it as a blueprint to destroy us. Uh, that's one thing I would say. The Luciferians, one of the biggest differences between them and what I consider like your your modern Western Christian is their faith is a lot higher. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And and they walk it out in a very, uh, very real way. That's frightening. And it's hard to even wrap your head around uh, because it's again, it's not just behavior modification. They're doing it to gain legitimate scientific power. An and authority to stranglehold uh, their enemies, and so it's definitely not a time to be passive and and, and disengaged. Um, I'd love to have some future conversations with you because then the next question really is, well, then what do you do next, and what do you do? And I know that you have very practical solutions on that, from from you know preparing yourself, preparing your family, and um, um, also being proactive in your own education, because there's no reason to be in fear if you're aware. And I think that's a powerful component to this as well. And hopefully, you know, Flavor family and people that are tuning into this today, you're doing this because you're like, hey, I want to know what's going on. Then, it's less scary, like a winter storms, not quite so bad if you know it's coming and you wear a coat and you got boots. And it's like, okay, I'm, I'm not caught off guard by this. I'm not out there in my you know Hawaiian shirt and sandals and and some Birkenstocks in a in a blizzard. Like you're you're aware, you're aware mentally, you're aware spiritually, you're aware physically. Your family, you know, is is prepared and you're. Too Tuned in to truth and not just media that's engaged to, to frighten and scare you. One thing I can tell you is this, when God, the creator looks up, he sees nothing and, uh, uh, he's, he's in, in, in control and it's best to be focused on him and, um, and maybe a little less, uh, Fox and CNN, you know, in, in, in this window, Dustin, thank yeah. you for, for coming on with me today. I would love for this to continue. I'd love to be longer. I love, for, would you come back on again in the future and dive into some more of these topics?
0: Yeah, anytime. I'm I'm trying to help people uh, connect some of these dots. And, you know, I call it the seed war. I think uh, the late Rob Skiba called it the seed war. It's uh-huh. a quarter of the Bible that we don't talk about. And I think it applies very, very literally to the modern uh, political and cultural struggle.
1: And I think we're seeing the book of Revelation play out. It, it helps make sense when things are like, well, why would they do this? And why would they, that doesn't, that's yes. not even in their own self-interest. Why does that make, you know, uh then you're like, oh, oh, okay, okay. It's there's the, there's something else the going on here.
0: It is the paradigm that makes the puzzle make sense. Absolutely.
1: Well, I appreciate it. I love talking to interesting people, and uh, again, people that have done their ten thousand hours of research on the side, and they come to public. It's like, oh, okay. We could we could we could go we could go there all day Dustin thank you very much for coming on a conspiracy conversation I and mean, let's do this again I hope you enjoyed the conversation we had today with Dustin we have these each and every Saturday morning you can just like set your set your timer on at eight o'clock central time every Saturday and we're gonna have interesting guests that you may or may not uh, uh, agree with or have heard of or bring in topics you've never thought of before. We have people like like David Icke and David Wise and uh, you know Dustin Nemos today, people like Sean Hibbler, filmmakers, authors, but people that have spent the 10,000 hours in private and authored books, made documentaries, done things, and then they bring that information here and yeah, we get a chance to kind of chew it over. It's kind of a great experience. If you want to see a curated list of the previous episodes, they're kind of hard to find sometimes on some of the platforms, but you can always go to the flyover app com or in your app store, Google Play Store, wherever you want to go to download the app. But it's completely free. There's no charge. There's no paywall. There's no nothing. It's just available for you. But all the conspiracy conversations are curated in order on the Flyover app. And uh, uh, it's got a really good media player in there as well. You can pause it, come back to it, close it, come back, whatever you would like to do. Again, I want to bring your attention today. was brought to you by... Patriot Mobile, you call 972 Patriot, if you identify as a Patriot as well, and uh, save money on your phone bill, tell them promo code flyover and you pay no activation, and they'll give you up to $500 per line to buy out your existing contract, and they do it over the phone. It's so easy. Uh, all the representatives are based right here in the United States, and uh, uh, they talk good English, so they're great people to, to deal with, as well as uh, you can go to uh, flyovergold.com and set up an, an, an appointment to learn more about your investments and how to kind of weather this inflationary environment, how to get out of fake money and into something real uh, that's going to appreciate while the world is going crazy, go to flyovergold.com. Set up a time to talk to Doctor Doctor Kirk Elliott. You will be super glad that you did. Thanks for joining me on this journey. Thanks for being a part of this process. I'm having a blast having these conversations. They're going to keep going every single Saturday. Something new, something crazy. If you, if you, if you like it, tell your friends and neighbors, if you don't just keep that to yourself, but come back next week, you might like that one better. And, uh, and, uh, we will see you again next Saturday. You guys peace out. Have a great weekend. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the flyover conservatives podcast with David and Stacy Whited. Please subscribe, hit the notification bell and leave us a comment below. Lastly, if you enjoyed today's podcast, share with those who came to mind, be blessed and make it a great day.